Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm going to go through four more popular weight loss strategies and weigh in on the pros and cons of each approach. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. This is part two of a series, golly, I was going to be, of a season it is it's potentially part two of a whole season. That feels very dramatic. But it is part two of a series that I started yesterday on looking at popular weight loss strategies and just weighing in objectively as possible on the pros and cons of each approach so that you guys can make your own well-informed decision about what you think might be the best approach for you. I do like to remind you that you don't actually need to put a label on the way that you eat. As long as you have some key nutrition principles in place, healthy eating can look differently for everybody. It's actually more about learning these principles and learning how to apply them that are more important than adhering to particular programs or protocols. But that's just my thoughts on that So I actually said that I had a total of four weight loss strategies that I would look at. I looked at intermittent fasting and calorie counting in previous episode, but I actually found two more. So I'm going to get through another four in today's episode. So let's get stuck into it. The next approach that I want to pro and con is the whole foods approach. Now, this approach encourages you to cut out junk food typically called that, or or not clean food. So the clean eating movement was very much this kind of um, idea. Uh, it's wanting you to cut out ultra processed or highly processed foods and get your nutrition from whole, fresh, minimally processed foods. Like I said, it's, it was called clean eating. It's a t- Clean eating is a term that I've seen really starting to decrease lately. It was certainly a, a very trending phrase to use. And I do still see it pop up occasionally, um, people wanting to eat clean and um, and that kind of thing. But um, it does seem to be phasing out a little bit, which is really good because there was a number of problems I had with that whole term. But if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you will think, oh, okay, isn't this your approach? Mm, mm. Well, I don't like to, one, put a label. Like, I do take a food first approach to nutrition and I do encourage my clients to choose whole foods first, right? So they're building their diet primarily out of whole minimally processed foods. 100% I take that approach. But it's not the only thing that we focus on when it comes to nutrition. I do teach people other principles. So I guess the challenge with this approach from my perspective is that it's, it's only looking at one part of your food. It's looking at the the quality of your diet, which is fantastic. But let's get stuck into the pros and cons and you'll start to sort of see a picture of what I mean. So the pros of this approach is that it helps you achieve high diet quality because it is encouraging you to eat plenty of fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, whole grains, you know, meats, dairy, etc. And so 
of course, when you're focusing on building your diet out of these foods, you are going to be eating an extremely healthy diet and diet quality is so important. Again, that's why I this is a key principle that I teach. Another pro of this diet is it does reduce your intake of refined sugars, processed fats, salts, and other additives that are added to food because it's encouraging you to eat less ultra processed foods. And of course, another big pro is that a whole foods-based diet is rich in fiber, nutrients like protein, help, um, you know, omega-3. It helps you feel full on lower energy intakes. And so, of course, it is an important part of long-term weight management and can help you lose weight purely because you just don't want to eat more. Great. It's sounding pretty good. There are a number of cons to just taking this as a silo approach, which is what I mean is if you're not considering other aspects, if you're just like, I'm just eating whole foods and then nothing else. The con is that it neglects the energy content of food and that many people are still consuming too much energy from the food and that's why they're not losing weight. I have met countless numbers of people who have sat in my office and they're like, Kate, I eat really well. I don't eat takeaway. I don't eat junk food. I don't do this, blah, blah, blah. And they write, they rattle off the list and they're like, I do all this exercise and they're, they're just not getting weight loss results. And now that doesn't surprise me because what do we need to achieve weight loss? We need an energy deficit. So even when you're eating good quality whole foods, your diet quality is high, if you're still not in an energy deficit, you still will not lose weight. So if you're not thinking about portion control or the energy content of your food, then you will not lose weight. The clean eating movement, it popularized this idea of healthy treats. So these whole food treats, you know, and so they have no, apparently they have no sugar in them or no this and that, right? Um, But they're often actually just as high in sugars but just from other foods, just not white table sugar and fat than the traditional versions. So make which create making an energy deficit really difficult. So, you know, things like bliss balls and, you know, vegan brownies. And so they've got nuts and seeds and dates and maple syrup, right? So they're all naturally occurring foods, whole foods. But of course, if we analyze that, the sugar and fat content of these, you know, healthy treats, I say inverted commas, is still really, really high. And yes, there'll be more nutrients. There's often more fiber, a little bit more protein, you know, more vitamins and minerals than say the Mars bar, but it's making the energy deficit difficult to achieve. And so often people are not losing weight. And the the thing is, right, I don't know. I just feel like a healthy treat, a regular treat, just just eat what you want. Like you're a grown adult, you can eat whatever you want. Just know that particular foods contain a certain amount of energy, they contain a certain amount of nutrition and you just make a choice about what you want to eat. Another con is that is when followed to the extreme, particularly a clean eating style of sort of mindset, is that people become can become obsessive and anxious about not eating processed foods, which may lead to disordered eating practices. Basically, they just become stricter and stricter in their food choices. So what started off as not eating junk food, so they stopped eating like chips and ice cream and chocolate and soft drink. They're now like, oh, maybe carbs are bad. So then they stop eating rice and pasta and bread. And then they think, oh, maybe um, dairy is bad. So out goes the milk, the yogurt and the cheese. Oh, what about gluten? Out goes, you know, the rest of the gluten containing 
foods, right? And 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 we're finding ourselves, you know, being stricter and stricter in the in our eating pattern. And of course, then we the anxiety and obsessive nature of particular personalities. This can really spiral into disordered eating practices and even eating disorders. So just being mindful of that. It's there are no good and bad foods. All food contains nutrition, right? A chicken nugget has vitamins and minerals in it. Not as much as broccoli, but it still contains nutrition. All food contains nutrition at varying levels. And we want to learn to to balance this food through good nutrition education and have the skills with being able to translate that information practically in our day-to-day lives as opposed to just being like, I'm trying to stick to, you know, only eating clean foods and and never eating a bad food. Um, many healthy foods are also processed and they come in a packet, right? Tuna comes in a packet. Legumes come in a can. I said tuna comes in a packet. Tuna comes in a can. It's a can style of packet. Legumes come in a can. Sometimes salad comes in a bag, right? So just thinking about whether something comes in a packet or not is not a great way to make food choices. So just ditch that thinking from your brain right now and um, and, and actually think about the, the foods that you're choosing to consume. The next approach I want to tackle is the very low carb or ketogenic diet. So this strategy works by forcing your body to use fats for fuel instead of carbohydrates. It requires you to strictly limit your carbohydrate intake down generally below at least 50 grams of carbs per day, if not less, sometimes 20 grams a day. And I've talked about the ketogenic diet before on the show, so make sure you check out that episode if you'd like to know more about it. I look at the research in a bit more detail than I will today. So the pros of this diet, because there are pros, although it severely restricts carbohydrates, you can eat large amounts of fat, which include lots of yummy foods like nuts, avocado, fatty fish, etc. Another pro is that once your body is in ketosis, which is the metabolic shift that focuses on burning fat, you experience a decrease in appetite. Now it takes about three days to get into ketosis. So just because you don't have carbs for one meal, you are not doing keto. Doing keto means actually consuming no more than 20 grams of carbohydrate a day for days and weeks on end. So when people, I hear people be like, oh, I'm just being keto for lunch, but then they're eating carbs at breakfast and dinner. I'm like, well, you're not being keto. They're actually completely missing the point of what a ketogenic diet is. And I remember arguing with someone on LinkedIn about carbs and they did, they went, they're not a qualified person, but of course they know everything about carbs. And they're like, you are keto within hours of not eating carbs. And I was like, no, you are not. <laughs> Takes days to get into full proper ketosis. So yeah, that's when you do then experience an appetite, but you've gone through these epic symptoms of headachey and anyway. So the other pro is that once you are into ketosis and then you're maintaining it, you're, you get rapid weight loss and it can be quicker than other weight loss methods. So when they compare the ketogenic diet to just a standard calorie deficit, keto is faster over the first six months, but then by 12 months, the weight loss is the same. So there you go. 
The cons of a ketogenic diet is that there are some side effects of constipation due to the lack of fiber. It's a really common side effect that no one talks about. Um, without careful planning, you'll find it difficult to meet your daily serves of fruit and veg. So if you're a fussy fruit and veg eater and don't eat very much, that's a problem because fruit and vegetables are really good for you and we need to be eating them regardless of whether you're keto or not. Um, many healthy nutrient-rich foods like fruits, dairy, starchy foods like potatoes, whole grains, legumes, they're all removed. So you're kind of eliminating these huge nutrient dense foods that are beneficial to us out of your diet. So that doesn't really make sense to me either, but yeah, so that's a con. It also can be difficult to eat socially and stay in ketosis. So like I said, if you're keto and then you occasionally eat a carb meal, you're actually not keto. You're just doing a low carb diet if you're occasionally eating carbs. So you kind of really want to think about what is the actual goal of what I'm trying to achieve here? If you want to be in ketosis, then you have to actually do the diet properly. And that does not include eating carbs semi-regularly. You, they're out, right? And so if you want to eat carbs, I would suggest learning to lose weight while you eat them. That's, that's my advice. The next one is meal plans. Now, I've talked about meal plans before as well. And so this approach involves signing up to a program app or having a professional provide you with a meal plan that spells out all your meals and snacks, right? And you just follow it. And so many people tell me, Kate, just tell me what to eat. I'll do it. And I'm like, I bet you, you won't. Because what I'm going to tell you to do is probably very different to what your normal habits, behaviors and routines are. And you're going to find that hard. And so it's not because you're rebellious and naughty or terrible person. It's just because me telling you what to eat yeah, is not the answer. So look, the pros of meal plans is, yeah, you don't have to think about your food. You just follow the plan, right? If the plans are written well, they can be individualized to your energy needs, you know, your your food preferences, et cetera, um, and, and, and can be good nutrition perspective wise, right? If they're written by a professional. The other thing is that they do remove the decision fatigue experience about having to make food decisions constantly because those decisions are made for you. Cons, however, the meal plans are written for the masses often and so it's just a meal plan that's then given to thousands of people. You might not like the foods on the plan and then not sh- you know, know how to swap it for something else. I also find that meal plans foster this all or nothing approach. So then they give people give up when they can't follow the meal plan perfectly. The meal plans may not suit your lifestyle, right? Or be overly restrictive or monotonous and you don't know whether it is the right one for you. Lastly is just a little tongue-in-cheek one to finish off this episode and that is the desert island diet. Now this strategy creates an energy deficit through the dramatic event of you becoming stranded on a desert island. The distinct lack of food and increase in physical activity, which is you trying to find food and running away from tarantulas, results in a large energy deficit. And due to the fact that you're stranded, you're stuck in an energy deficit for months on end. Um, Right? (laughs) Tongue in cheek, obviously being a bit of a joke, but you can see there's no one perfect way to losing weight. There are pros and cons to all of the strategies out there. And in the end, you're just going to have to make some long-term changes to your life in order to achieve the goal that you're wanting to. And so it's starting to think about What is it that you are willing to change long-term and can you make those changes sustainable for you? I'm passionate about helping people make 
realistic and sustainable changes to their diet that aren't drastic or crazy or silly. So if you're needing help, hit me up. The links to my two businesses are in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you, but have a great team day team. (laughs) Have a great team day. Have a great day team. And we'll see you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.